0: Welcome to Telehealth Talk. I'm Brian Lee, one of the content creators for the South Central Telehealth Resource Center. In today's episode, it's all about the fourth annual South Central Telehealth Forum, held this year in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Sheraton Music City Hotel. Telehealth professionals from across the country spent two days sharing how they drive quality healthcare through telemedicine and mHealth. We asked Mario Gutierrez, Executive Director of the Center for Connected Health Policy, and this year's keynote speaker how his organization drives quality health care through telemedicine.
1: We're the National Telehealth Policy Resource Center and so to the extent that um, policymakers want to know really what is this telehealth all about and is it better than in-person care or can it replace in-person care and under what conditions? So it's incumbent upon us and the telehealth community to develop the resources and the evidence to make telehealth a viable alternative. We have a very extensive, uh, easy to use, um, the most comprehensive website in the country on telehealth and provide information that's readily accessible to demonstrate what we learn from, we're part of a network of all the telehealth resource centers just like South Central. There's 13 others. And so with them, we connect uh, and learn what they're doing in terms of quality and then we lift that up through our Telehealth Resource Center website and, uh, and get that information out to the public. Quality is, it, I translate that into value. And so as we're moving toward more value-based care, being able to demonstrate that you can do the same thing using virtual care um, cheaper and in some cases better to get higher value and quality, I think that's the, that's the golden nugget of, of telehealth. And that's what we're trying to drive to.
0: This year's forum was comprised of several tracks ranging from administrative development and clinical research to tele-emergency measures and school-based telemedicine. One of the more heavily attended presentations was business models for telemedicine. Here's presenter Dr. Elizabeth Krupinski sharing her thoughts on telehealth return on investment.
2: Demonstrating basically return on investment I guess is what we're all after getting reimbursed. Um, I'd like to be able to say, you know, let's go out and make telemedicine profitable. Um, From our perspective, most of us, healthcare per se, is not profitable unless we're working for the big agency, so let's not even go there. Unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all method. So if you're coming here expecting to get, you know, boom, 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 this is what you got to do, unfortunately, it doesn't work for everybody. Every situation, to some extent, is unique. Um, But proposing a solid argument to the powers that be um, in order to get your program going, to advance it and so on, is probably where you can have your most impact. And through that and having a good solid plan in place is how you can get that return on investment.
0: Down the hall, Amanda Martin and Dr. Steve North from the Center for Rural Health Innovation break down the importance of keeping students in the classroom and how telehealth can aid in that process. Here's Amanda.
3: A lot of parents are kind of, you know, they're kind of squishy about kids going to school, especially like kindergarten, first grade, you know, what difference does it make if they miss a day of school here and there? You know, I don't feel like getting up. They don't feel like getting up. We went out too late last night, whatever. So they miss a day of school here and there. Like, and parents seem to think it's no big deal, except that they miss maybe, what, one day a month? No sweat, right? Except one day a month. Through kindergarten means you miss 10 days, right? Because 10 months of the year, right? Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you keep missing one day a month. No big deal. It's one day a month. It's not a big deal to make that up, right? Except that when you add it all up and you make that your habit and you go through 13 years of public school, you've missed almost an entire school year collectively. And for Mr. Garrett, our superintendent at McDowell Public Schools, he says, I need kids in school every day or they won't graduate. Because by the time they get to about eighth, ninth, 10th grade and they've missed half a year of school, collectively over time, they can't keep up and they can't recover. So um, when you start talking about treating kids at school, it's about keeping them at school. It's not just about needing medical care, right? right? It's about needing medical care really quickly (laughs) or needing to um, get what you have going on, taken care of or addressed or reassured and get back to class. I'm a parent, I do not go pick my kids up, take them to an appointment and come back to school. We stay out, that's it, we're done.
4: And one of the interesting things that our school nurses report anecdotally is those frequent flyers, those kids who are going home or always coming in the nurse's office, now that there's the ability to be seen by a provider for your sore throat, for your cough, for your bellyache, those people don't come by as often. Those kids are spending more time in class.
3: And what he means by that is they can call their bluff (laughs) and they prove quickly not to bother.
0: Dr. North currently sees patients at the Bakersville Community Medical Clinic in Spruce Pound, North Carolina. Dr. North describes one program out of Arizona that his organization is using to drive quality health care for children.
4: We look at are we measuring things that we know have an outcome long-term or an impact long-term in kids' health, so BMI, blood pressure, and not only do we measure them, but what do we do to act on those when we find that they're abnormal or outside of of the range. We've uh, started using a program called Heart Smart Kids out of Arizona State University for kids at risk for being overweight and are actually uh, overweight to look at how we can provide them with information through um, uh, online modules to help reduce their weight and or get their weight to plateau while they grow taller. So as they, you know, the goal is not going on a diet, it's eating healthier. And maybe get your weight to stop going up and you grow another two inches and all of a sudden uh, your BMI is better. What is the
1: true value that we get out of using telehealth? That's Mario Gutierrez again. We think about it in three different ways. Um, the most common, timely access to, uh, to treatment and care. Uh, being able to get a, a diagnosis uh, at a distance and provide a service uh, is, is something that's been around for decades. Uh, this is not new technology, but it's also not the most efficient way of delivering care. The second area that we look at, which is now emerging as um, uh, in addition to the diagnostic and treatment, is how does telehealth and connectivity increase and enhance care coordination at the point of care? Uh, So thinking about how do we connect the consumer to the healthcare team, how do we connect providers to specialists, um, and ensuring that we have the ability to have real-time communication as well as asynchronously and and, uh, uh, being able to do it at a later time using uh, secure uh, web-based email. Then the third great area of value that that telehealth brings is to the emerging field of, of monitoring of patients where they may be. Uh, the idea of keeping uh, people healthy at home, aging in place, um, using uh, blue, uh, Bluetooth and uh, wireless technology—all of that now allows us to uh, to be much more focused as to where the patient is, and allowing um, that uh, the monitoring to occur
0: in a more continuous basis. And lastly, we have Alan Morgan, chief executive officer for the National Rural Health Association. He explains how payment is tied to quality.
2: Going forward, payment is going to be tied to quality. Now, for a lot of federal programs, rule is exempt from a lot of the quality reporting mechanisms. However, rule has to be included going ahead, both from a public and a private standpoint. It's really how we're going to be delivering health care in the future. We're working directly with CMS and the Office of Innovation to make sure that there's appropriate rule relevant quality measures used by payment systems such as medicare and medicaid it's important that for rural, from a rule concept you have the right quality measures going forward
0: let's keep the conversation going how is your group or organization driving quality health care you can find and follow us on twitter at telehealth talk or leave us a message at telehealth talk at gmail.com thanks for listening